0: Aiden, do the thing. What's good, creamers? Oh, right. Aiden isn't here. He's actually enjoying himself on a uh, beach vacation with his family. So I guess I will have to step up to the mantle to say the sacred words that signify the start of yet another podcast hosted by yet another pair of straight men. What's good, creamers? Welcome back to the half-and-half podcast, sort of. It is just I, one of your co-hosts, Vasant Ramdas, here today. I'm doing a little bit of a mini-sode here, so we're going to call this episode 149.5. So Aiden has this vacation, obviously, and, you know, we have just come off taking somewhat of an impromptu hiatus, and we didn't really want to have to slow down sort of the momentum or sort of the flow of content with sort of another thing coming up. And we also have episode 150 coming up as well, which, you know, it's a nice round number. There's some sort of special value to it, at least that we are attributing to it. And we wanted to do something a little fun for that, so we didn't want to rush out an episode. Which we had, like, an opportunity. We had, like, a day before Aiden in this trip where we could have tried to record. But it would have been such a tight turnaround from the actual episode 149. And we do want to do something a little fun for episode 150, that requires us to do like some light sort of, you know, research or work on our end. It's something sort of crazy like the bracket or the actual episode 100 that was pretty fun and we kind of got a lot of people involved in that. So we're going to do something a little fun for 150, so look forward to that. But today, you're just joined by me. But hey, this should hopefully, you know, I, I have a tendency to ramble, but this should hopefully be a shorter episode, you know, just a, maybe a quick companion for your commute or your walk or run or whatever it is you do when you listen to the podcast. Uh, you can keep that to yourself if you'd like. Um, but I'm just going to kind of talk about some things that I've had on my mind here. Usually, you know, when we're putting together topics for the show to sort of peek behind the curtain, Aiden and I will kind of go back and forth, toss out ideas, and if we both really latch on something, it's like, okay, let's talk about it. Because... While, you know, I'm sure you've heard episodes where Aiden or I have more to say about a given topic, um, you know, we we both generally are on the same page of, like, oh, this would be something that we both feel like we could talk about, we could contribute to the greater conversation about this topic, etc. You know, because there's some things we won't talk about because it's, like, there's not much to be said, and maybe we'll mention it in, like, the sort of intro banter that we do before we get into things, or... There's topics that just only one of us really has enough of an understanding or enough of a perspective on, and, you know, sometimes we'll still do those topics. Those can sometimes be the shop talk segments or things like that, but I say all that to say that, you know, the stuff I'm talking about, I wouldn't necessarily suggest for a larger sort of typical episode of the show. You know, that's probably going to be over an hour as both of us just kind of go back and forth, so... These are just kind of things that have been in my mind that I thought, hey, uh, you know, with what's going on with Aiden's travel and stuff like that? Why not use this little Minnesota as an opportunity to talk about these things? And don't worry, I would say these are fairly relevant topics, you know, and all in all should be a short little episode, a little one-on-one time. You know, mom's out of the house, or I guess I could be the mom, who cares? But, you know, one of the parents is out of the house, so a little bonding time, sport, grab the glove, let's play some catch while talking about parasocial relationships. So, the first thing I want to talk about, sort of inspired a a bit by stuff surrounding Doja Cat, who is a very popular musician. I'm sure most of you listening are at least aware of her. What you might not be aware of is she's had a bit of a run-in with her fans, and before going any deeper, I do want to preface that anything I say here is not related to, you know, she has definitely got a lot of controversy around her in the past, and you know, from what I've heard, not a fan of that stuff. Uh, I forget who said it, but it was like showing. Someone said like she was showing her feet in racial chat rooms or something like that. So or showing racial feet pics, but you know, uh, you know any associations she had with like you know racist individuals and maybe some old rhetoric that she used to spew. Um, not a fan of that stuff. I'll put that out there. But when we're referring to Doja Cat here, I'm sort of just referring to this specific thing with her and her fan base. And so what I'm talking about, if you're not aware, is a while ago on threads. Yeah, not, that's right. Not Twitter, not X, on threads. Uh, man, it's real quiet there these days. Uh, seemed like there was such a glimmer of hope that Marky Mark had something going. but eh, Maybe he'll just beat the shit out of Elon in the ring and that'll reinvigorate the platform. But what happened was, earlier this year, she uh, talked about... Uh, Some fan reached out and was like, hey, why don't you say that you uh, love your fans? And she was just kind of like, no. (laughs) I don't know, y'all. Let me see if I can. I've got this uh, Rolex. Yeah, here it is. So, yeah, they asked her to declare her love for her fan base, and Doja Cat wrote back, I don't even know y'all. So, you know, and there's, look, there's more to this. Like, you know, there's, uh, I think, some fans. Like, her fan base called themselves Kittens? uh not the greatest stand base name uh in my opinion um but she said, you know, if you call yourself a kitten or fucking kittens that means you need to get off your phone and get a job and help your parents with the house. I found that kind of funny. Uh, I'm not saying all of the sort of way she talked to her fan base was like nice or good or whatever, but I thought it was really interesting because I think there was a large, you know, her fan base and maybe other fan bases and there's a segment of the social media, the internet community that was like, oh, it's so rude to be like, you, you, you can't even tell your fans you love them? Your responses, is, I don't even know you how callous. But, I mean, for me, and I don't say this, I, I'm not going to be like, you know, pretentious and I'd be like, as a creator, because, I mean, yeah, technically, you know, Aiden and I are content creators, but, you know, we do not deal with the sort of parasocial relationship problem at all, really, because... Uh, we 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 actually know most of y'all. So <laughs> oh, you know, I think we have real relationships with a good amount of y'all. So I don't think it really applies here. But I'll say as someone who consumes a lot of content, uh, specifically, I think parasocial relationships really show up a lot with like video creators, so like YouTubers, Twitch streamers. Uh, it can happen with musicians too, obviously, as is the case here with the Doja Cat example. But I thought it was really, you know, interesting that you had that segment of Twitter that was like, "Oh my god, how could you talk to your fans like this? You're so disrespectful. You're being a jackass, whatever." But then if you have interacted, especially I feel like with a lot of online content creators before, I think a lot of the people in that community were like, "She's not wrong. Like she does not know y'all." You know, and I think stan culture specifically really brings a lot of this stuff to the forefront. Um, where, like, you've got this group of people who are very deeply passionate about someone's work. So that can be a YouTuber, a Twitch streamer, a musician, even an actor. And through their consumption of that work, they develop this relationship. But it's not a real relationship, right? You've developed a connection with the stuff they make. And that's great. That's, That's kind of the beautiful thing about sort of the open content creating space we live in, right? Like you can just get like as some sort of audio recording device, Audacity is free and, you know, you can use Zoom with like free trials or whatever and just, you know, or use any other sort of way to record. You can get someone in the same room as you and you can make a podcast. You can make videos, you can make music. You know, a lot of tools for making music are out there and, you know, that's why it's obviously very hard for people to get noticed because there's such a, it's a, deep vast ocean of content but it's you know because of the sort of open creator space we live in you know anyone can make content anyone can put stuff out there and then people can cultivate fan bases and i think that's really cool but i think what happens is we people tend to go too far because you don't know these people right like no you don't know doja cap personally You know her persona that she portrays in music or online. Maybe you've met her at, like, a fan meetup and got to interact with her. But you don't really have, like, a deep, consistent relationship with this person like you do with, like, the friends you have in real life or maybe your family. You know, you don't have that. And I think, you know, in the sort of creator space environment we live in, it's very easy to get trapped in a parasocial relationship. And I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I'm calling these people dumb. Because I get it, like I have fallen into that trap before. I I think stand culture makes that stuff even worse, right? Because now you're not just a fan of someone, you're like a part of a community that's like, to me like obsessed with someone, right? And there's a lot of other problems with stand culture aside from the parasocial aspect. I'm really gonna only talk about like parasocial relationships and also like entitlement. But, I mean, stand culture, it, you know, it's bad because people get really toxic and then it becomes like, you know, if you maybe simply just don't like the latest output from an artist, you're like, yeah, not my favorite. If that's a public statement you make on a social media platform, you risk people just coming down your throat and being incredibly rude, getting doxed, you know, in severe cases, people making fun of you. And I find that stuff really corny and ironic because a lot of these stand bases talk about spreading love, light, and positivity and being like a happy community. But then the minute someone just says anything negative, they lose their mind. And now obviously like people troll. Like people will say Taylor Swift has never written a good song in her life. Or people will say like, you know, BTS are talentless hacks. Or Eminem has never made a good album in his life. And, you know, his old discography actually sucks. People are going to do that and that's all bait and, you know, that's that's the internet, right? Like, I mean, half the time I see something stupid, I just assume it's, like, a bit or it's bait. Like, my perception of what is real is completely evaporated at this point. But, you know, this that stuff is whatever, that's sort of back and forth of just internet sludge being thrown across, you know, tweets or, you know, Instagram posts or Facebook posts even, whatever, Reddit threads. But, obviously... What I'm talking about is more like people who just like have like their own genuine opinions or whatever, or people who just might not like an artist because they're not their cup of tea. You know, the stands will find you and they will eviscerate you. You know, it's, it's kind of a bit, right? Like if you need to get something done, mobilize the K-pop stands. You know, there was a funny uh, moment with a, an NBA player named Anthony Edwards where he said like, oh, I'm a huge Nicki Minaj fan. I'm not doubting that he isn't a fan of her music, but the way he said it, it was just like, ah, he wants the the Nikki stans on his side. A notably powerful stan base. But I know that was getting sort of, as I often do, getting sort of sidetracked here. But to loop it back into the parasocial aspect, I think stan culture adds another level, right? So now you're like a single person who likes this content creator, and you start feeling a bit of kinship with them in a way that sort of feels like you're developing some kind of connection. And then you might even become a part of this community. And everyone kind of feels that way. And everyone's kind of got this deep, is developing what they feel like are these deep connections with this person they don't actually know. And, you know, it's like if you're surrounded by that stuff, it kind of reinforces the behavior. You know, it doesn't feel weird or abnormal because you're kind of around it. And, You know, I'm not going to say Doja Cat's, like, handled every interaction with her fans well or she hasn't said things that come off as rude or ungrateful or whatever. But she's right. She does not know her fan base. She doesn't know y'all. You know, and I think uh, I saw a content creator recently. He said, like, it always feels a little weird when someone who's famous says they love their fans. I think we all, for the most part, understand what that means. They do not individually have, like, some deep, emotional connection with a fan. You know, maybe with some of them who they've interacted with and you know, had some moment with whatever. But you know, really the general fan base they do not have like much one-on-one experience or interactions with them. So, you know, we know what they say that they're, the sort of subliminal message is or not subliminal. The underlying true message is I really appreciate all of you for supporting me and giving me the opportunities that I have and you know listening to my music and coming to my shows and enjoying the content that I create and providing me this, like helping create this career for me. That's what I think, at least I hope, most people hear when an artist or a creator says, I love my fans. But I think maybe that isn't clear enough because if you are potentially falling into the sort of parasocial trap and you hear the person that you like say, I love you, like I wouldn't be surprised if your brain kind of goes oh my god they they love me they see me you know it, it, it like in your mind somewhere i think it's sort of you get more deeply entrenched in the very unhealthy parasocial relationships the stand culture like you get more involved in that stuff and so i think that the content creator i was referencing what he was saying was it's best to kind of be more direct because you have it's look being famous being a creator it comes with a lot of great stuff but there's stuff that just comes with the job like i'm not someone who's going to be like i do not feel sympathy for creators who are like who they say dumb shit or they say something you know that's questionable and then people are like you know you're like a role model you have a platform blah 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 you say this stuff a lot of people will see it and then they'll be like oh well like you know i shouldn't have to watch what i say it's like listen man sorry but part of your success is you have a platform now you have to be smart with how you use it i mean you cannot be smart with how you use it we've seen plenty of people be dumb with it and that has its negative impacts unfortunately but like you know i don't feel sympathy there because it's like that's part of the deal you kind of can't be where you are without the platform specifically if like you're a creator like honestly like most modern musicians and definitely like youtubers and twitch content creators being on social media is kind of part of your job and you've got a platform because of, you've got like a very visible platform when you're on social media. And even if you don't use it that often in, you know, interviews and things like that, like you're a public figure, you're seen. So that comes with the territory. And what comes with the territory as well is like your fan base and managing the relationship specifically with them. That comes with the job as well. And I agree where I think you've kind of got to be direct, Right, you've got to say things like, I appreciate you guys, I appreciate the support. Because and it's not I'm not saying it's anyone's fault if they say I love my fans, because I legitimately think they're just saying like I appreciate you in a variety of ways and they're just kind of condensing all of that into that one statement. But I think what we see now with the sort of amount of sort of the size and sort of intense the size of these like stand bases or fan bases and the intensity with which, uh, like, the stand, the people who we we would categorize as stands, the intensity with which they sort of get invested in these people, I think that's kind of what you have to do when you're working in this space is you kind of have to be more clear about, like, appreciation versus, like, more, like, you know, intimate, like, in-person emotions like love or, like, true friendship, you know? And like I said, I do not fault anyone who falls into the parasocial trap. I have, you know, on a uh, it's a fairly older episode of the show, but Aiden and I talked about this content creator that I watched a lot when I was in high school, and I have no shame in saying that, like you know, I was you know a lot of stuff was going on and during that time, as it often, you know, it's often a very weird time for a lot of people, right, and. You know, like, sometimes I have, a lot. I have like, a lot of shitty days or weeks or whatever. And, like, this individual's content was, like,
1: forget about all that
0: bullshit. Put the video on. And you have some very positive memories with that stuff. And when it came out that, that – and this is why you have to be careful, too. Because then when it came out that this guy was, like, a scumbag, it really fucked with me. Because when you develop – the thing with these parasocial relationships with these people is they're weird because you start – Acting like you know them. So you start being like you start acting like you're entitled to know like things about their life. You're not entitled to know things about people's lives that you know in person. They will share stuff with you as they see fit. So just because like I'm a big YouTuber does not mean you have to know about like my relationship problems or my issues with my family or maybe some personal tragedy. The most you might get is like a hey, I'm gonna be taking a break because I've got some shit to deal with. But that's it. I mean, hell, with this show, Aiden and I try our best to not, like, get too, too into our personal stuff. Because, like, that's not really what y'all care about anyway. But also, in a way, that's kind of something I think you need to do as someone in just sort of a creator of any kind. Anyone with a fan base, I think you kind of need to do that. And that's why, like, you know, I won't get into it, but that's why I find, like, daily vlogging sort of life content it just seems so stressful. Because, like, your life has become, like public theater for people you know but yeah like the parasocial aspect is dangerous because like you're building a relationship with someone you've never met so like if this person ends up being a bad person or they do something wrong like that's gonna be weird right it's like when a friend in real life does something fucked up that's tough to navigate you know you're potentially losing a friend because they're a bad person and i don't think i think it's fair to say that like you know that's tough for you you know like obviously if they've done something bad that's hurt people They are the main victims, obviously. But, like, if you're friends with someone and that friendship has to die because that friend was an idiot, mourning a loss of a friendship is a thing. You know, and that sucks. So, like, you're setting yourself up for potential grief on that end. But you're also being weird. You know, you're being prying. You're being entitled. Right? You feel like, and that's also, once again, you shouldn't be like this with your real relationships. But you end up being really entitled to information about these people. They're personalized. Why a video didn't come out today? Why, is there, why are they changing their sound with their music? Now, obviously, if like someone's like not putting stuff out at a rate that you would personally prefer or they're not making the stuff that you like anymore, you can do what normal people do, which is just stop engaging as much or maybe wait till they make the stuff that you like or, you know, be a fan of someone else who kind of fills that need for you from a consumer, like as a content consumer standpoint. That's normal, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, I, you know, everyone does that, right? Oh, I used to watch so-and-so. I used to like so-and-so. But eh, I am not wasn't personally a fan of them doing this or shifting their stuff to this or I outgrew it. Whatever, that's normal. But then when you develop this, like, weird... Because these parasocial relationships don't even operate, like, healthy, normal relationships. They become, like, these, like, possessive and, like, highly obsessed things. And that's where stan culture comes in because I think oftentimes... Stand bases do the same thing. I'm only referencing her because she's literally you know, going on this massive tour. But like the way people talk about Taylor Swift sometimes, like she's a goddess, like she's not human, like she's above the average person. And it's like you have to be careful because parasocial relationships are dangerous and weird and potentially you're setting yourself up for grief. But then you go to the, like this next level where now like this person is like always a friend, always this special figure to you. You've put someone on a pedestal and people are flawed and obviously there's levels to making mistakes. There's, you know, doing something that's maybe a little dumb to like straight up committing a crime or doing something that's very morally reprehensible. But like when you put, when you set, when you build people up like that in your mind, they can really only disappoint you at that point. So, you know, I just think like going back to what I thought was really interesting is like at a, Just at a basic level, Doja Cat saying, y'all don't know me like that. I'm not, I don't love y'all because I don't know y'all. It makes sense because parasocial relationships can be creepy. They can come with a lot of entitlement. And with the presence of very rabid fan bases or stan culture, I think you go from something that's not, you go, like, because parasocial relationships are unhealthy just by their nature. But they're also unhealthy because they're not even normal social relationships if you try to sort of map them to one. They're like weirdly possessive and creepy and like it's unhealthy for the individual who's like sort of imprinting that on the creator. And obviously like it's not great a great position to be on the other side of as the creator. And that's why I think it's fine when like, you know, musicians or like someone like Doja Cat or like YouTubers or Twitch streamers kind of like they kind of lay that foundation where they they might flat out say, "Hey, like, look, I appreciate y'all for what you, for you know supporting me, and I think we can have that kind of like relationship. Like, you are a fan, and I am the person you are a fan of, and I can appreciate you, and you can appreciate me, and that's positive and fun, and we can enjoy, you know, the stuff that I make, and like, that can be our connecting point. But that's it, and that's okay, you know. And so I I, I don't know. I just think it's really I think that just shows like." You know, because I think we think it's so innocuous to just say, hey, I love my fans. But it, in a way, like, if you take that statement really at face value, you start to see or you start thinking about, like, these weird relationships people have with people they don't know. Like, in, like, a funny way, there's a line on a – I think it's, it's either lean beef patty or scaring the hose off of scaring the hose, where JPEG says, like, you know, mental simp or – you know, grown-ass mental will simp for people that don't even know them, you know, or, like, they'll, like, defend people that don't even know them. And that's funny and tongue-in-cheek, but there is, like, truth in that. Like, don't get too caught up in it. I say that as someone who's gotten caught up in it before, and, like, I get why, right? I mean, like, we're not far removed from, like, a very lonely period for a lot of people in the pandemic where you're isolated and you're trapped. Well, if you were, like, you know, you cared about the common good or whatever, you would, like, keep yourself inside and you couldn't see a lot of people or do a lot of things and especially for people who were dealing with, like, big life changes at that time, too, like, starting college in a new location and not really having any of your old friends around or starting a new job in a new city, like, very much people were in, like, positions where they were very vulnerable, Jesus, vulnerable, I've always struggled with that word, and they just are not able, like, they fall into these traps, so I think it's always good, I think, as people to, like, in a world that's increasingly more online to check ourselves and make sure we're not accidentally, like, falling into these traps. And I think, you know, if you... I mean, obviously, like, know your boundaries, I guess, with your relationships with people. But if you know someone who you feel like maybe is, like, falling into it a little too deep and, like, they're, like, moo Like, they're, like, very tied to their, like, fandoms in a way that's unhealthy, you know? I think that's a conversation worth having. But I think it's something to be mindful of because I think it is very easy to fall into. That's the thing, right? Like, I I don't want to make this seem like I'm being condescending or judgmental. It is very, very easy to fall into this relationship because the people that you're fans of are, you're fans of them for a reason, right? Their music really connects with you because especially music, right? That can be very personal, the stuff in the lyrics. Or, you know, if they're like a YouTuber, they might be incredibly charismatic and entertaining or they might even like make stuff with a group of friends and you might feel like you're a member of that friend group. You might listen to the, a podcast, or something, and you might feel like you're listening in on a conversation, and and I think that's all good to feel. Like it's good to like say like, oh, this content creator. Honestly, it just feels like I'm listening to it with some pals, and I enjoy that. You can say that, right? But knowing that there's that line, that separation is important. You know, I just feel like it's something I wanted to talk about, just because like I think it's like an effort present. It's always going to be relevant, but you know, with the way I see people reacting to stuff like Taylor Swift, but also like you know every artist has a stand base that's pretty crazy like m&ms i mentioned earlier drake stands, etc so i just think it's an interesting thing to think about uh there's a very good article there's articles by like npr about stan culture there's like um i think an article by essence about the underbelly of stan culture and like it talks specifically about like the like psychology of it the like toxifying harassing part of it and also how you can get taken advantage of by the creator like i said not only do you maybe set yourself up for like very difficult like disappointments when a content creator or you know whatever you like is an awful person or in the case of dream it's just like an average white guy and that really bothers you but also like i mean ukulele colleen ballinger like people can take advantage of you because you trust them you think they're your friend and that's why I think there always needs to be that level, that layer of, like, between a fan and the person they're a fan of. So, yeah, I know I felt maybe a bit redundant at times there, but, you know, I think it's it's always, I always find that a very interesting thing to talk about. And, uh, yeah, I think I'll kind of just focus in on that. I did, I'll do, like, a quickie. Uh, this whole episode's basically a quickie. But, uh, yeah, man, quickie and creamers, uh, the joke's write themselves. Uh, but just a quick, quick topic. Um about a situation involving a sports team. So uh, if you don't know, there's an NBA player named James Harden, and he's in a dispute with his current team, the Philadelphia 76ers, and it's a crazy soundbite of him just straight up, while he's on tour in China. A lot of athletes go on tour during the off-season for like their brand, so he's like an Adidas athlete. So, you know, just trying to spread his international brand, and basketball is a very international sport, and people in Asia love basketball. So, you know, just going around, doing some camps, talking with the kids, you know, maybe showing off, like, the new sneaker that's coming out, stuff like that. And I think on the last stop, I believe, of the tour, he just, you know, <laughs> in front of a room of kids who are just excited to meet him, he's like, let me shit on my boss real quick. And he said, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Daryl Morey is the general manager of the Sixers essentially in charge of, like, personnel management, so giving players their contracts, doing trades, stuff like that. And what's crazy about that is Harden literally also says, let me say that again, and then he repeats the Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization he is a part of. And I think it's really interesting because, you know, we live in an era of, like, player empowerment, which is good because I think that sort of parallels... I would like to say, like growth in worker empowerment. You know, Aiden and I talked about the the big writer actor strikes, the union strikes that are going on last episode, which are good. And I think if any of you are listening and you feel like your workplace sucks and doesn't like isn't up to snuff, and you know you've got colleagues that feel the same way, like unions are valuable. It's good to be able to like have a group that represents your interests. And I think we see that in sports a lot. There's obviously players associations for every league, like NBA, NFL, et cetera. But we've seen a lot more like players, you know, being like, you know, if things aren't going the way I want, I'm going to leave. And, you know, there's obviously like it can get to a point like where you're like, okay, well, sometimes players are just being a little unreasonable. Like, you know, like, you know, a player's there for a year and it's like, I'm tired, I'm out. Right. But it's obviously like it can, it's, There's always a lot to discuss, right? Like, sometimes it is, like, yeah, maybe the player's being a little unreasonable. But a lot of times it's like, well, does it make sense? Have they been there for a while? Have they not been, like, kind of, like, have promises not been, you know, kept? Things like that. And I think in this Harden case, um, he's got a reputation and people don't like him. But, I mean... He took a pay cut, and look, we're talking about a lot of money here, so let's just, like, yeah, these are all millionaires, and none of us will probably see this much money in our lifetimes. Cool, we all get that. But I think it's interesting that, like, there's so much, so many people who are like, oh, he's being a baby. And it's like, well, like, if I was made a promise that if I took this pay cut to help us get some players that I was going to kind of, you know, oh, we'll take care of you next summer. You know, we got you. Just help us out here and we'll, you know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours later. Ain't no one scratching back. And I got eczema, man. That shit get itchy, so <laughs> shit need to get scratched. But, like, it's it's just, like, it's so crazy. Like, Harden has this reputation of being a bit of, like, uh, being disgruntled very easily and being kind of a diva or whatever. You know, you know the, there's, like, he's a very interesting player if you guys look it up and you're not, like, super into sports, like, you know this this like this whole conspiracy that like he'll like put on a bunch of weight by like putting on a fat suit and playing like he doesn't give a shit and then with the minute he gets traded he's like back in shape again it's a uh, it's it's funny for memes and stuff but I don't know man like I just feel like if like you know like Daryl Morey as the GM gets paid a lot I don't think GMs definitely don't get paid as much as players but he kind of represents the interests of like a an owner who's a billionaire who owns, like, a very expensive – who owns a fucking team, dude. Like, owning a fucking professional sports team is crazy. you got to have crazy money to do that. And I just think I'm generally not going to side with, like – like, that's the thing. For as much as players make in sports, like, the league makes a lot more, and the owners are worth a lot, and the teams have a lot of money. So, like, I don't know. I just – I wanted to just throw this in as, like, a little – Kind of thing at the end, because I've, I've just, it's just so crazy. I like your reputation can, it just really does impact how people talk about you. Even in a case where, like, I think you got a point, you know? And I think it's, you know, the NBA is really just reality TV. Like, it's dramatic and soapy, and, like, shit like this is incredibly fun to try and dissect. And oh, where is he going to get traded to? But just wanted to toss that in there. I also wanted to toss it in there because, like, frankly, fuck the 76ers, uh as you all may know i currently do live in philadelphia and it, this is not fuck the 76 Sixers because of like some team allegiances or whatever it's because they're actually trying to build an arena a new arena in philly that would effectively cause a lot of problems for the local chinatown district which would be like right next to it and would likely result in a lot of people being driven out of their homes and their businesses as the arena would like sort of need parking decks and space and obviously like if an arena shows up in an area sort of you know to quote the wire the price of the brick goes up right like it it becomes very difficult for the small businesses nearby to sort of manage and obviously with an arena comes a lot of other businesses maybe trying to capitalize on the fact that there's an arena and people with money to spend who will be congregated in an area and Chinatown uh, you know there's like organizations and stuff that have, like, voiced their concerns about this. And it just feels like they're being ignored or they're being told, oh, it won't happen or it'll be fine. So, frankly, not only do I agree with Harden, because, like, I think he has a point. Like, I mean, apply it to just, like, your job. If you were, like, told – like, if some your manager should not be making false promises. Like, obviously shit happens, sure. But, like, if you were told, like, you were going to get, like – you were going to, like, hey, just wait another year. You're going to get this promotion. I, like, I'm going to promise you that you should – And, like, your level of work was, like, good and, like, you were still a good employee and everything. Everything you pretty much were before. You know, in Harden's case, like, he was about what I'd expect him to be at this point in his career and he was pretty damn good. So, like, if you did that and then you just didn't get it because they were like, eh, actually, we don't know if we want to give it to you. Like, I'd be pretty fucking mad, right? So, like, I I think if you put, if you frame it like that, you kind of see where he's coming from. So on that hand, I agree with Harden, but also like fuck it, fuck this team, dude. Like, fuck these owners for trying to like stadium stuff is super weird. I think a couple of years ago, there's like a John Oliver last week tonight about like stadiums and stuff. And I just think it's fucking crazy that like you want to just build a stadium and just like uproot the lives of multiple families and businesses that have been here for a while. In an area that is, it's like a cultural center, right? Like there's so much great, cool culture. If you go to Chinatown in Philly, if you go to any of those, like, Chinatown or, you know, Little Italy, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff there. Obviously, there's, like, a touristy element there. But, I mean, like, hey, they got to make their money. These are, like, local businesses, a lot of these places, right? So, I ain't going to be mad. But, man, you know, I think that plus Harden kind of having a point. I'm just like, man, fuck the Sixers, dude. And they're screwed. Uh, in this, you know, if Harden gets traded, they're in a rough spot with their other superstar probably in Joel Embiid. So, you know maybe we'll say that's karma for trying to, you know, really just fuck over like a whole community of people it feels like. But with that, I think we're a little over a half hour on this sort of minisode, minisode, however you want to say it or call it. So I think we'll call it. Thanks for listening. I mean, it's just me here. I don't really know how engaging or interesting I am nor how engaging or interesting these topics were. But hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully it was a nice little audio companion piece to whatever it is you were doing while listening. You know, while you go about your day or whatever it is. Uh, Aiden will be back. And we will be doing episode 150 and having some fun with that. So you can look forward to it. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So I will quote the great philosopher Aiden Mangan and tell you all to stay creamy. So have a good one. Peace out. See you soon. Bye-bye.